It's technically the Halloween show, but we did not have anything really ready. I thought it would be funny if we like dressed as each other, like if we were made did the show as each other. Um, but you know, we just did not have enough time to well, plan well, that out. Well, you know what though? Maybe, maybe later on this weekend, maybe today or later on tomorrow, prior to Halloween, we'll do that. Maybe we, we'll post a costume picture of us dressed as each other. Exactly. I think it'd be kind of funny. That would be hilarious. Right. I mean, so much going down, guys. We're super excited <laughs> to talk about it, but we're also super excited to have a return guest come back on the show. The one, the only Jason Warner Smith. Yes. This guy is nonstop working. So we had to figure out what he was doing during the pandemic because what were Atlanta actors specifically doing trying to get by but this guy has so much coming out and you've seen him on where the crawdads sing of course you've seen him there but of course emancipation as well with Will Smith he's going to be in that mm-hmm. one so much good stuff uh, absolutely i mean uh, uh, plus he has an acting school if you yeah. guys didn't know he has an acting school so if you're an aspiring actor and you want to know how to get it done you're going to listen to this interview, and this guy's going to tell you. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. But that's later on the show. Now, let's get a little crazy. What's up? Episode 210. Woo! Oh, my goodness. You guys know your host with the most, myself, JLo Fantastic, and the one and only Mouse. What's up? And before we tease the rest of this show, be sure to leave a rating on the podcast, comment below in the comment section, and tell us what you think about the show. Leaving a rating actually helps this podcast get seen by more people who love the entertainment industry and Facts. also those who are trying to break into the entertainment industry. That is why we actually started this podcast, guys. It's all about passing the torch and and we are looking to do that with the next up-and-comer trying to break into it. But man, oh man, there's a lot of stuff going down in the entertainment industry that we cannot wait to talk about. Of course, we're talking about all the majors, all the studios, and of course, the big executive decisions to put people in front of franchises mm. and on top of franchises, mm-hmm. aka the one and only James Gunn and his producing partner for many years. And man, oh man, there's so much going down in the entertainment industry, and we cannot wait to get it to you. But before we get this thing started, be sure to head over to our website, www.crazyamedia.com, where you start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. We got shirts, we got hats, so many things, especially for this upcoming holiday season. So be sure to follow us at Crazy Ant Media or at ItCap Podcast so you can stay up to date with the promos that we have for our merchandise so you can wrap them nice and tight with a bow underneath the tree this holiday season. Bestseller, the bonk head with the Christmas lights. Everybody really likes that one for christmas it's, it's, it's just a kick in design you exactly guys that's out. gonna drop black friday guys so yeah. stay tuned for that one and i actually ordered us some shirts so they're on the way if we can wear them next week oh yeah a lot oh. of good stuff happening a lot of good stuff happening <laughs> man oh man of course we're starting off with disney the juggernaut Woo! itself <laughs> damian lindoff the creator of lost well co-creator i should say and emmy winning executive producer of the Watchmen, is developing a new star wars movie for lucas films oh and the top secret project has already Oscar winner and Miss Marvel Helmer Shermin Obdab Chonoy in talks to direct. Oh, wow. Now, Lindolf uh, will co-write the w- new movie with his writing partner revealed to be emerging uh, talented Justin Britt Gibson from Counterpart. 
News of the development of this developing project comes as Lucasfilm is at a crossroads with the Star Wars franchise. While the studios is experiencing great success with its live-action series for Disney+, including The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba Fett, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and now Andor, it has not released a film in theaters since 2019. And that one was The Rise of Skywalker. After announcing in 2020 that Patty Jenkins would direct a Rogue Squadron for a December 2023 release, Disney pulled the film off its release schedule in September. As it stands right now, an unnamed Star Wars movie is slated to open December of 2025, but none of the other Star Wars film projects in various stages of development, including Taika Waititi, Ryan Johnson, and the one and only Kevin Feige's, have been officially announced let alone a release date so all of those are kind of in limbo so we're very intrigued to see what this one is going to be all about because they're broadening their horizons when it comes to this galaxy far far away yeah i do like though how they're they're the marvel and star wars people are overlapping and inter you know like like the miss marvel helmer gonna be directing a star wars film kevin feige producing a, a star i like how they're doing that i do you too know. i mean it's their bread and butter i mean exactly so you might things. as well bounce them back and forth between the two franchises it only makes sense hey this week, it was proven, beyond a doubt, proven. Wakanda Forever. Yes. Black Panther Wakanda Forever made its long-awaited world premiere this Wednesday in Hollywood with director Ryan Coogler and the film's star-studded cast, all paying tribute to, of course, the late king himself, Chadwick Boseman. Mm. The Marvel sequel takes place following the death of Boseman's King T'Challa with the people of Wakanda, especially Queen Ramonda, Princess Shuri, War Dog Nakia, Okio and Mabaku grieving the loss and searching for a way for their kingdom to endure. Now, like Marvel Cinematic Universe entries, most of the plot for Wakanda Forever has been shrouded in secrecy. One major news item that was revealed early Wednesday, though, and if you watched the premiere, you saw, Disney confirmed that Rihanna would sing an original song written for the film titled Lift Me Up. The song, if you can believe this, marks Rihanna's first new music in six years. Mm. Black Panther Wakanda Forever, of course, hits theaters in just a couple of weeks, guys, November 11th. And that's cool because it just coincides with Rihanna doing the Super Bowl and she's just getting out there and getting ahead of it. What better way to push the Super Bowl than to do a thing for a Marvel movie? Exactly. It makes complete sense. And I mean, there's been, you guys remember the first soundtrack of the first Black Panther. I mean, it was star stubbed with so many black artists. So I am just assuming that the second soundtrack is going to be just the same way. I'm super excited for it because they were all some hits i must oh, say hell yeah so i'm pumped to see all of the artistry that comes out of this project all together it's going to be absolutely amazing well also the first trailer of ant-man and the wasp quantum mania dropped this week and in it we see scott lang and his crew transported to the quantum yes. realm where they come face to face with the one and only kang the conqueror Ooh. the trailer brings back loki actor jonathan majors who appears as the character and he remains he who remains in the disney plus series in the ant-man uh he plays kang an alternate version of that villain who will go on to become the villain of marvel's multiverse saga including the upcoming avengers the kang dynasty Quantumania centers on Scott Lang, the one and only Paul Rudd, who once again teams up with Hope Van Dyne 
Everlene Lilly, Hank Pym, of course, Michael Douglas, and Janet Van Dyne, who is, of course, Michelle Pfeiffer, respectively. Marvel newcomer uh, Catherine Newton plays Scott's daughter, Cassie, who is aged up following that five-year time jump that took place back in Avengers Endgame. The film, which kicks off Marvel's Phase 5, opens February 17th of 2023. Yes. There's a lot of good stuff to impact there, man. I'm super excited just, just to see that dynamic because this is basically the next Thanos and we need to see how he's going to ever evolve. And it seems like this is different from the first one, the Infinity Saga, because it seems like Kang's going to be with us every step of the way. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and he's the first big baddie to be introduced on the TV side. Yeah. You know, He Who Remains is a version of Kang. And that's interesting because this next little piece of news that we learned this week, Emmy-nominated actor William Jackson Harper, best known, of course, for starring as Sheedy in NBC's The Good Place, mm. will also appear in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, Right now, his role remains a closely guarded secret, but there are rumors everywhere spreading that he is going to play the one and only Reed Richards. Oh, shit. What? 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 Reed Richards? But if you remember, everybody at first was like, why is Kang black? Jonathan Majors, blah, 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 blah. But in the comic books, that there is indeed a version. And for anybody who doesn't know, Reed Richards in one of the timelines is Kang's like great-granddaddy or something like oh, that. Shit. So there are rumors... That he is going to be playing Reed Richards, and indeed. Now, what does that mean? Does that what does that mean for our favorite John Krasinski? Is <laughs> is will we see two or three different versions of Reed Richards if he is indeed playing a Reed Richards? We don't know, but that's exciting. Yeah, I, I mean, feel like we've gotten to the point with Marvel that it's like really any actor can play any character because of the fucking multiverse. Yeah, so I so, mean, it's awesome. I love to see it. I mean. I'm still hoping for Tom Cruise to come as Iron Man. Oh, God, no, no, no. He's not even tall enough to carry the armor. It'd no, be fucking it's hilarious. This one's exciting, though. Yeah, it really is. A WandaVision spinoff centered on Vision is in development at Disney+. Plus. The series is currently titled Vision Quest, which mm. also is the name of the Marvel comic book arc centered on the title character. While exact plot details are currently underwrapped, it is believed that the show would follow a newly created vision that we uh, seen that uh, we saw in the closing episodes of WandaVision. And as he tries to regain his memories in the comic books, the story factors into the West Coast Avengers sure storyline. Uh, Paul Bettany is returning in the role of Vision, of course, with WandaVision head writer and executive producer Zach Schaefer overseeing the writer's room, which will begin work next week. Yeah, and this is interesting. That's a good storyline because that storyline also includes a very significant part for Wonder Man which we already have told you has been announced that that series is coming. So that makes sense. Could this be a potential setup for that? The West Coast Avengers also heavily highlighted in that, and we've already seen throughout Hawkeye and several of the other Disney Plus Marvel shows, they have been dropping hints to West Coast Avengers throughout. So we could be seeing the establishment of the West Coast Avengers formed in this, in this thing, this is just another confirmation that maybe that's coming. Yeah. So we got the Young Avengers, the West Coast Avengers, all of that good stuff coming. You're, everybody was asking, but what about the Avengers? What about, we might get a shit ton of Avengers. Like, right. dip, you know, <laughs> so that's going to be freaking awesome. Hey, you know what else? Marvel Studios is also feeling the holiday spirit. They released the first trailer for everybody wants to see this one. The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. And guess what? 
if you haven't seen it yet, I'm just going to blow it for you. There's a surprise cameo. I'm about to tell you who. Don't worry. Guardians filmmaker James Gunn wrote and directed the special, which closes out Phase 4 of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It will star, of course, Chris Pratt, Zoe Zeldana, Dave Bautista, Vin Diesel, Bradley Cooper, Karen Gillian, Palm Klamtoff, and Sean Gunn, who are now, are you ready? All exactly... One degree from Kevin Bacon. Mm. Why? Because in Guardians lore, as you guys remember, Star-Lord reveres Kevin Bacon and his work in the dance-centric movie Footloose. Well, the Guardians decide to meet Bacon as a way to give Star-Lord some holiday cheer as he is mourning the loss of, of course, Gamora. Now, Bacon, who worked with Gunn in 2010's Super, has spoken about being name-checked in Guardians, saying, quote, When I saw the first Guardians of the Galaxy, I went to see it having no idea that I was disgusted in it. It was an afternoon in New York. I was on 67th Street and went by myself, as I often do, and I was like, holy shit, they're talking about me. Are you guys getting this? The Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special arrives November 25th, just weeks after Black Panther Wakanda Forever opens in theaters. As for the Guardians, they will be back on the big screen for Guardians of the Galaxy 3, arriving May 5th. 2023 it looked really good i think it's going to be a nice light-hearted comedic type of content that i f- will lead the marvel cinematic universe into that phase five. oh yeah definitely without doubt a lot of good stuff though we're heading over to warner brothers discovery now and of course we're speaking about james gunn he's probably the hot topic of the week oh for sure warner brothers discovery announced that gunn and producing partner peter safran have been tapped to lead dc's film and television and animation efforts as co-chairs and co-CEOs of Disney Studios, a newly formed division (laughs) at Warner Brothers that will replace DC Films. Now, this unprecedented move, uh, which is a top director, will assume the top executive post, marks the end of months-long searching for Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zasloff to replace DC Films boss Walter Hamada, who departed the studio uh, last week. The search had all of Hollywood guessing and playing executive bingo for who would land one of the most coveted and challenging jobs in this town. Now, in recent weeks, Gunn and Saffron were spotted on the Warner Brothers lot meeting with Warner Brothers film co-chairs Michael DeLuca about uh, future projects. And according to sources, the initial overture uh, to Saffron and Gunn uh, Gun came from DeLuca over the summer. Mm. Even as the studio was in shaky talks with the producer Dan Lin to take this job. I'm feeling like it was a publicity stunt. Yeah, uh, Gunn will focus on the creative side of things. Things, while Safran will focus on the business side and Makes production sense. side. Both are expected to continue to direct and produce projects, respectively. They will report directly to Zasloff and work closely with Warner film bosses DeLuca and Pamela Abdi. Now, sources say that the deal runs four years and Gunn will be executive to DC. The goal is for them not to just be producers, but to truly function as executive, even as Gunn will occasionally direct a movie. This is very interesting because, one, I feel bad for Dan Lin. Like, was this just a big-ass fucking waste of his time? Like, yeah. what the yeah. hell? Why even bring him in if this these fuckers were having conversations during the summer? And two, is this going to work because they got a four-year contract and like we've talked about, Kevin Feige plans shit out five years in advance. So eh, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. And and so and I feel like 
Yeah, we were talking about it before we started doing the show, guys, and I really do think that this has been in the works for a long time, which is why I think The Rock... I, I, let's be honest. This is the first smart thing that Zasloff has done since the merger happened, okay? And I think it was because The Rock said, I'm going to body slam your fucking ass if you don't fix DC, <laughs> right? I got Black Adam. I want some shit to happen, and you're going to hire the right people, and you're going to do what I fucking want, and we're going to get this thing straight. I really do think that's what happened, and I think it's been in the works for longer than there are saying it was um in my opinion we were we had talked about this on the show numerous times is gun willing to be a suit That's right because he's a hardcore creative well apparently we have the answer now he is willing to be a suit also i think this is a smart move james gunn is a long time lifelong comic book fan he loves the characters he has a passion for them that's the guy you need to do that with the creative side of it saffron He's the producer behind all of the successful DC films, Shazam, Aquaman, Wonder Woman. So it makes sense that, okay, the ones that are working, let's keep that guy. So I think this is the right move uh, to have both those guys brought on. Um, And the exclusivity, he's exclusive gun to DC. No Marvel, guys. That means like he's, he's done and, and done. There's been all kinds of like, will this cause headaches? Will this be a problem? Feige and Gunn both came out and said no. Feige said he's going to be the first in line to line up and see any of Gunn's DC films. And Gunn came out and said, hey, the first person I called and told after I took the job was Kevin Feige because we're really good friends and we're not competing. We want both of these universes to succeed. Good. I'm, I'm glad. That's awesome. Yeah, I um, think it's a good buffer. I mean, to have both of them as creative as Gunn is because we've talked about this multiple times on the show we do think he's the good guy for the job if not the right guy for the job but he is very creative and he loves to be very hands-on so to have a producing partner who is on that side of things on the other side of the fence or on the other side of the aisle i feel like that will definitely help out that dynamic the only thing i'm really worried about is that contract length because i feel like you need at least a year to get all your shit together and then now your contract's already down to three years so i mean that's definitely in the logistical type of stuff but i just feel like you need more time to show good faith to show goodwill so hopefully zasloff will do that and seeing you know the progression of their team up well and i'm wondering is that a zasloff condition or was that a gun condition saying hey i'm i'm all in and i'm gonna give you everything i've got but i don't want to be locked down forever doing this uh you know i want to fix the ship and then jump off and do my other shit well and if that's the case is that the right guy uh, well exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, so i mean we're gonna things. find out and now as you guys know right the old mantra for for the mcu right it's all connected it's all connected well here's where it gets tricky for DC. <laughs> Unlike Marvel Studios, DC has multiple films set in separate universes. Yes. So what does that mean moving forward for Todd Phillips' Joker sequel and Matt Reeves' budding universe based on his movie, The Batman? Well, according to sources, work on Phillips' upcoming Joker sequel, which goes into production later this year, will not fall under Gunn and Saffron's purview. Mm. They will not be overseeing it. Instead, it's going to be overseen by DeLuca and Abdi. And as of now, it's unclear whose purview Reeves's future projects with the Batman and his universe are going to fall under. But we do know this. Aside from those two things, everything else moving forward will be under Gunn and Saffron's control. So they are going to build it out. My only thing is, and I'm super excited about all this, but the last thing I kind of want to say on it is there's a difference, guys, between emulating the MCU, which Zasloff clearly does, and copying 
right? The whole dropping DCEU and calling it DCU instead of DCEU, just like MCU. The whole changing it from DC Films to DC Studios like Marvel Studios. Come on, man. Get original. It's cool to emulate. Everybody wants the success that Feige and Marvel has had, but do your own shit. Don't copy the names and like all that. I just think moving forward, be original, man. Just be fucking original. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's not too much to ask. <laughs> just saying, <laughs> just saying. But man, Black Adam is expected to retain its box office crown over the weekend. Uh, not that there's much competition standing <laughs> in its way, to be honest, with only one new nationwide release, and that's Lionsgate Supernatural uh, thriller Pray for the Devil, which does look good, though. Um, the Dwayne The Rock Johnson's comic book adventure, Black Adam, has plenty of space to repeat the number one spot after opening at 67 million now black adam is projected to add 28 to 31 million to its second weekend in theaters should ticket sales withstand a similar decline to shazam or uh, other standalone superhero origin stories so far the movie has earned 71 million domestically and 75.9 million internationally and i mean that i just feel like you know it's it's just one of those things. Marvel is always going to crack that hundred million, and I feel like DC just needs to figure out. I just, if they figure out their rhythm, they'll be okay. I That's so. it. I, they just need to stick to it because yeah. I mean it's a slow burn type of thing, and you just have to keep going. Yeah, That's and it. we're gonna let you know what we think because we're going to see it right after the show. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and spoilers. I'm sorry, we've already been spoiled, and we're going to see it. But I'm gonna have to give you spoilers here, and I'm sorry. I think this is gonna go a long way in saying what you were saying about a long burn and maybe successfully getting to those hundred million dollar openings. What am I talking about? The long time coming of. The return of Superman. Henry Cavill, yes indeed, has officially announced that he's back as Superman. This is in no way a surprise since we told you right here on ItCaf Podcast way back in May of 2020, it was in the works. Sources say that Cavill is in final talks for Man of Steel 2, but as of yet, there's no director or writer attached. Although Zack Snyder did congratulate him and said he's excited to work with him again, so I'm thinking that's a sign. Sources also say that Dwayne Johnson's anti-hero Black Adam and the Man of Steel are indeed poised to battle in part two of Black Adam, but The Rock has come out and even said there's a lot going to happen in between that before that battle happens. So it looks like they're on the right track. They understand it's a long burn. They have to do a bunch of movies in between, all that kind of stuff. But I am super excited that Cavill is back. I heard when he found out he was going to come back for Black Adam, he requested to go um, to shoot his scenes over where he was working in the UK. And they actually had the original suit from Man of Steel. And he, he requested to wear that. He said, I don't want a new suit. I want to put it on because it's sentimental to me. I want to return as the as the Superman that I am. And he said the only thing he wants moving forward as Superman, hope, happiness, and joy. He said, I don't want it to be the dark, everybody brooding Superman. I want to be the guy that brings hope and light and peace to everybody. And that's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm totally down for that. Completely agree, man. Completely agree. 
Well, the Batman spinoff series about Arkham Asylum at HBO Max has brought on Antonio Campos in its new oh. as its new writer. Sources say that Campos will direct and serve as uh, a showrunner and executive producer on the series uh, should his version of the show ultimately go forward. Although Matt Reeves had previously said that the original planned Gotham PD series had a kind of evolved into what is now an Arkham Asylum show, an individual with knowledge of the situation now says that the two are in fact completely separate oh. and that are and that Gotham PD series remains in development. Reeves is currently under an overall deal with uh, WBTV. The Arkham Asylum show does not have an official logline at this time, but Reeves previously described it as a like a horror movie or a haunted house that is Arkham. And now it is the third known Batman spinoff series with Colin Farrell set to reprise his role of the Penguin in his standalone show. So a lot of good stuff happening there. Yeah, so if I'm keeping track right, right, it's the Arkham Asylum, the Gotham PD, and Penguin, right? That's the three, right? That's the three. That seems to me. Okay, all right. And they are obviously not under, as we just told you, James Gunn and Saffron's purview. Yeah. Exactly. Anyway, this one is, though, and this is another big change in the development. Greg Berlanti's upcoming Green Lantern HBO Max series, which has long been in development, has hit another speed bump by losing its co-writer and showrunner Seth Graham Smith. The show is also being redeveloped to shift focus from Green Lantern characters Guy Gardner and Alan Scott to Jon Stewart, one of the first major black DC comic characters. Finn Wittrock and Jeremy Irvine were cast in 2021 as Gardner and Scott, but they are no longer signed onto the show. Now, before exiting, Graham Smith had finished the scripts for a full eight-episode season. Berlanti Productions, which has an overall deal with Warner Brothers Television, is still signed onto the show. Green Lantern was first in development all the way back in 2019, then greenlit by HBO Max in 2020 with the addition of Graham Smith as co-writer and executive producer with Mark Guggenheim. It was originally envisioned to follow the space adventures of multiple Green Lanterns like Gardner and Scott, who was, by the way, DC's very first Green Lantern and one of its first openly gay characters. It would also have fouled Jessica Cruz, Simon Baz, Sinestro, Kilowog, and other brand characters. Green Lantern will now, however, get an entirely new logline as it moves back into early development, shifting the focus to Jon Stewart. So there you go. I know. It makes complete sense. I mean, this is one that we've been waiting on for, I feel like, three years plus, maybe. For sure. uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, a lot of good things moving forward, and I'm excited to see what Warner Brothers does. It makes sense because John Stewart, I feel like, is the second most popular Green Lantern behind Hal Jordan the, yeah. himself. I mean, so it makes sense that they're going to shift that focus for sure. Well, heading over to Paramount, Paramount Plus announced the premiere of uh, its Taylor Sheridan upcoming series, 1923, which will debut Saturday, December 18th, on the streamer in the U.S. and Canada. Mm. The series will premiere the day after the on Paramount plus uh, UK and Australia, the new series is the next installment of the Yellowstone origin story that introduces a new generation of Duttons, led by Harrison Ford as uh, Jacob Dutton and Helen Mirren as Kara Dutton. Uh, The series will explore the early 20th century when uh, pandemics, historic drought, prohibition, and the Great Depression all plague the Mountain West, which the Duttons call home. Mm. I mean... I just feel like Taylor Sheridan cannot miss right now. No. So, I mean, 
he's doing fine. Especially anything with Yellowstone. I like, though, that we're seeing the progression of the family. Like, how did it all start? How did we get to my man John exactly. as governor? By the, yeah, governor, the new season is coming up. This one was surprising to me, though. Showtime has canceled the drama series City on a Hill after um, three seasons. Yeah. According to insiders, the decision was made actually months ago, long before the recent exit of David Nevins as chairman and CEO of Paramount Premium Group, and subsequent move to put Showtime under the purview of Chris McCarthy. If you guys aren't familiar with it, it's with uh, Kevin Bacon and yeah. Aldous Hodge, Hawkman himself, um, who are both doing fine, by the way, yeah, clearly. They're, they're, they're going to be all right. But uh, it was a really popular show, not only with critics, but also with the fans. And so it's a surprising cancellation. But hey. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Bacon was out there pushing it hardcore. Yeah. I mean, I, it looked good. It was one of those I was on my list to watch, but I guess not now. I mean, not going to. Well, gonna... now you can. Now it's a quick watch. Yeah, you know exactly. <laughs> well, now heading over to NBC Universal, Jeff Goldblum's and it's in final talks with the wizard in, um, for the wizard, in John M. Chu's upcoming Wicked movies. The latest casting news comes just over a month after we told you that Piero will be played by Bridgerton star Jonathan Bailey. Yeah. Chu's two-part feature adaptation is headlined by Ariana Grande as Glinda, Cynthia Evero as Elipa, and the Universal Pictures films are set for release on uh, Christmas in 2024 and 2025. Wicked, for any of you that may not know, is a prequel to The Wizard of Oz, telling the story of how Elba became the Wicked Witch of the West and Glinda the Good Witch of the North. There you go. A lot of good stuff happening, man. I mean... My perfect casting. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum sure. is eccentric and weird and just out there. So who better to play the fucking wizard than Jeff Goldblum? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's all going to be ad-libbed. Oh, uh, no doubt. Ad-lib no. here. <laughs> like, that's going to be the script. Jeff ad-lib. Yeah, and like, it'll be all quirky. I'm just, yeah, I love that. After months of secrecy surrounding the project, Peacock has debuted the first teaser for Poker Face, the upcoming murder mystery drama created by Ryan Johnson and starring Natasha Leone. Additionally, the streamer announced that the series will premiere on January 26th with four episodes followed then weekly with drops on every Thursday. A 10-episode mystery of the week series, Poker Face Fowl's Charlie Kale, played by Natasha Leone, who has an extraordinary ability to determine when someone is lying. Mm. She hits the road with her Plymouth Barracuda and with every stop encounters a new cast of characters and strange crimes that she can't help but solve. Interesting. I mean, <laughs> Natasha Leone's having a nice resurgence in her career, or at least a push forward to For sure. the front woman. So congratulations to her. Yeah. Uh, Sony, after writing and producing the first two Venom films, Kelly Marcel has been tapped to direct the upcoming third one for the phone, Sony's go. Pictures. The project is still in early development, though, but star Tom Holly is set to return as Lethal Protector Venom, one of Sony's slate of Marvel characters. Marcel and Holly will produce the new movie and develop its story, details of which are being kept way under wraps with Marcel handling the screenplay. So we'll see. We'll see if that post-credit scene will have anything to do with it, but probably not. <laughs> uh, that, well, that was my question. For, so, so thanks for clarifying. Now that she's directing, will she still be writing it since she wrote the first two? But apparently she will. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, jumping over to Lionsgate. This is exciting. Horror icon Tobin Bell has closed the deal to reprise his role as Jigsaw Killer John mm. Kramer in the next Saw film. This is the franchise that just will not die, you guys. Uh, <laughs> it's heading into production later this month. The return of Bell to the franchise furthers Lionsgate and Twisted Pictures' 
goal of a film that captures everything Saw fans loved about the past installments while also keeping them guessing with all new traps and a new mystery to solve. Now, franchise veteran Kevin Gruder, who directed Saw 6 and Saw the Final Chapter, is directing the next installment in the Billion Dollar franchise, slated for release on October 27th of next year, guys. So, man, oh man. Go. I mean, it is a beloved franchise. So it not, is. I'm not surprised. Amazon and MCM in wake of Dwayne The Rock Johnson notching the highest opening weekend of his career with last weekend's Black Adam. His holiday movie, currently titled Red One, is ramping up with additional castings. Nick Kroll, uh, Christopher Hajou, uh, Wesley Kimmel, and Mary Elizabeth Ellis are joining this project. There you go. They board alongside not just Johnson, but also Chris Evans, Lucy Liu, uh, Keenan Shipka, and so many more. The film's plot is under wraps. However, the event uh, film is looking to be a franchisable that's a word, oh, I guess. Franchisable yeah. piece of IP, which will extend uh, to the uh, tentacles of the Amazon itself in merchandise. Ah. Uh, Jake Kasdan, who helmed Johnson in the last two Jumanji movies, is directing the spinoff, uh, or directing off the script by... Uh, Chris Morgan, as well as we told you on previous shows, the project has been or was won by Amazon in a bidding war uh, and was developed of off of a original story by Seven Bucks uh, president of production, Hiram Garcia. So a lot of good things happening over there. Heck yeah. It, it totally makes sense that somebody went to The Rock and said, hey, let's make a movie that we can sell a shit ton of t-shirts. Please, for. please do. <laughs> like, done. Amazon has also ordered a series based on James Patterson's Alex Cross novels with... Like I said, he's doing fine. Aldous Hodge set to play the lead role. Officially titled Cross, the series is described as a thriller with Cross himself said to be brilliant, flawed, and full of contradictions. Mm. A doting father and a family man, Cross is single-minded to the point of obsession when he hunts killers. He is desperate for love, but his wife's murder has left him too damaged to receive it. Ben Watkins is writing and executive producing the series and will also serve as showrunner. Hodge is going to be a producer in addition to starring in it, so I think he's doing all right. Yeah, he's fine, man. Yeah. He's fine. <laughs> I'm very curious on why we need a second one of these. I was, I like the first one, but man, it was hard to watch sometimes. Yeah. A sausage party series has been tapped to ordered at Amazon. The animated show is titled Sausage Party Foodtopia. Plot details are being kept under wraps as it's unknown if it will be a prequel or a sequel to the 2016 film. Seth Rogen, Kristen Wiig, uh, Michael Cassera, uh, David Krimholtz, and Edward Norton, uh, all have whom lent their voices to the film, will return to the series. Additionally, Will Forte, Sam Richardson, Natasha Rothwell, Yasser Lester will also star in the series, which is currently in production. Now, if you guys don't remember, this is the one about literally food in a grocery store. And by the end of it, they're all having sex with each other. Yeah, yeah that's right. Food is having sex with each other. Of course, hot dogs, hot dog buns, all the good stuff. So there it is. And I'm with you. I Not only did I not think we needed a second movie, but a series? Yeah. Like, do we need a series? Yeah. I just don't know. Exactly. All right, let's jump over to Netflix. 
where their golden boy, Jason Bateman, and Jude Law are developing the limited series Black Rabbit. They will both star in the project and serve as executive producers. Zach Balin and Kate Sussman will write the one-hour series, for which plot details, of course, are not yet available. Attached to the series are Balin and Sussman's Youngblood pictures, as well as aggregate films. Bateman's production banner with Michael Costigan and Riff Raff Entertainment, Law, and Ben Jacobin's banner. So, of course, I feel like anytime you attach them, you got to have their banner, too. Most no, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Because everybody's got a production company. <laughs> exactly. Facts. Uh, man, oh, man, I feel like Netflix is going to turn into a Tubi or a Roku. Mm. Now, I'm just throwing it out there because of this story. Girls 5 Eva has been tapped to be renewed for season 3. Wait, why are we talking about this if yeah. it was on the Peacock, but right. now we're talking about in the Netflix series? Well, that's because Netflix basically took it. It has it. It's coming from Peacock to Netflix for its next outing. Netflix will be exclusively streaming home for season three while sharing season one and two with Peacock. The show, which follows surviving members of a one-hit wonders girls group from the 1990s as they reunite in the present, aired their second season finale on Peacock the beginning of June. I just feel like, you know, they just keep picking up everybody else's trash. So I mean, but this one's actually a pretty good hit on Peacock. Mm. Everybody liked this one. Mm. So We'll see. I don't, again, though, it makes it confuses me with Peacock. Yeah. Like, this is actually a hit for you, so why are you giving it away? Like, no they don't have too many hits on Peacock. <laughs> so when doing? you have one, don't give it away. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, my goodness. Oh, well, Netflix, in a no-surprise move, because they are consistently doing shit like this, they've stopped production on bad crimes and canceled the animated series before it even came on. Mm. The animated comedy was set to be voiced by Nicole Byer and Lauren Lapkus. Nicole Silverberg, a former writer on Full Frontal with Samantha Bee, created the dark comedy and was also an executive producer producer alongside Greg Daniels and Mike Judge. Now, it was this past January when the series was first announced and received a 10-episode order. Bad Crimes revolves around two FBI agents who travel across the country to solve grisly crimes while juggling their friendship, career ambitions, and as many men as possible. Mm. Now, like I said, this isn't the first time that Netflix has pulled the plug on a series before it even premiered. In September, it was announced that despite having wrapped filming on the series, Grendel, the streamer didn't plan on moving forward with the show. Bad Crimes is now reportedly being shopped around elsewhere. Peacock! Hey! Literally. <laughs> of finding a new home. It's like, we just gave you our hit. Let's try this Can one. Can we Let's just say. trade? Can we just trade, please? <laughs> That's it. I feel like they're just swap buddies. They're like, I don't know. Goodness gracious, man. That's hilarious. And this one, boo. Exactly. Heading over to Apple. Apple initiated significant price increases this week for the streamer's streaming service, Apple TV Plus, along with Apple Music and the Apple One bundle. Citing higher licensing and content costs, the monthly price of Apple TV Plus will go up to $6.99 from $4.99. While the yearly plan is raising $69.99 from $49.99, both are 40% spikes, though it is the first time the streaming service has gone up since launching back in 2019. Uh, Apple Music is rising dollar for raising the dollar for individuals to $10.99 a month, with the family plan jumping $2 to $16.99 a month. 
Apple One, which bundles video and music streaming with cloud services, video games, and other options, is going up to $16.95 a month from their $14.95 a month for individuals. Now, families will pay $3 more at $22.95 a month. So basically, what's happening, guys, is if you get rid of cable and you're just like, nah, I'm going to be strictly streaming, it's going to basically end up being kind of like the same fucking price. If you have all the streamers, you're basically paying the same for cable and internet. Now you're paying for internet and streaming. So it's just, well, it's crazy. I, I don't I'm not disputing the fact that content and licensing has probably gotten more expensive. So their cost has increased, but you're announcing all of these drastic cost increases after you announced that you had a better than expected quarter and one of the most profitable years ever of the company. So after like one of the most profitable years ever and a better than expected quarter, you, are you telling me you can't afford them the higher price yeah. content, that you need to pay us to, to have? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. No. Like it, if you had a poor quarter, if you didn't have a good year, I would go, okay, let me give you a couple extra dollars a month, but you're fucking killing it. Why exactly. do I have to pay for that shit? I mean, it makes no saying. sense, guys. Makes no sense. <laughs> But now it is time for our guest segment, the one and only Jason yes. Warner-Smith coming on to talk about a short film, a feature film that's going to come out that's going to do huge, and a couple of other things. It's been a while, man. It's been probably about four years since we yeah. had him on the podcast, so we're super excited. He was definitely one of the first people to come on the podcast that oh, yeah. like, was very notable and in like a very shining light on the television side because if you don't know he was gavin on the walking dead and he uh from his initial interview he was someone that we took so much away from that we still talk about to this day and we just have a great time catching up with him oh for sure and i mean he imparted great knowledge in that first interview about it was actually years in the making for him to get on the walking dead mm -hmm. he auditioned and auditioned and auditioned and auditioned and didn't get it and then he found out that they loved him from the get-go they were just waiting for a specific role for him, which we've imparted onto so many different listeners of the show who feel like, oh, I'm getting rejected again. I'm getting rejected again. But so that was great advice. And this time he says the importance of family and spending time with family and how he was able to do it during the pandemic. It's just a really great interview. It really is, man. It really is. Well, here he is. Jason Warner Smith, welcome back inside the crazy ant form, man. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Dude, it's been Good a be while. Back. Good to be back. Yeah, well, the last thing I think we spoke was uh pre-COVID, pre before yeah. Oh wait. Oh wait, yeah. Wait, yeah. Oh, last, man. last time we saw you was at your uh Blackbird play. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. So good. Like four years ago now? Yeah, yeah man. man. So it's been a while. We got a lot of catching up to do, man. <laughs> yes, we do. Let's yeah. let us catch. Yes. <laughs> well, you've been a busy guy, obviously. I mean, you know, COVID shut everything down for a while. But I yep. mean, looking yep. at what you've got coming up and the things you've done since we've been able to get back to work and everything, you've been a busy yep. guy, man. So uh, we're going to talk all about all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, what most recently, right. where the crawdads sing, right? We saw you there. If, if you don't blink, yep, I'm yeah. there, I'm there. In the first 10 minutes, yeah, I'm still there, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That, that was a lot of fun. I bet, man. And that Look, it's turned into a huge hit. I mean, it had some staying power yeah. at the box office and turned into a pretty good little, little film for everybody. So that's well, good, man. They had a beautiful built-in audience. That book was on the number one bestseller list, blah, 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 for weeks and weeks and weeks and months oh, yeah. and months. So, yeah, I mean, they would really have had to – 
screw that sucker up. <laughs> and they made a good movie. Um, I'm very happy to be a part of it, proud to be a part of it. It was a, a fun job. We were down. We shot it in New Orleans. Yeah. Pretending that it was North Carolina. Right. <laughs> and, um, yeah. And I got to meet a guy named Bill Kelly, who plays the sheriff. We became friends. That was nice. We spent a lot of time together. And a lot of other cool things. I got a lot of great stories and, you know, had a good time. So, good, awesome. man. That's really all you can ask for with projects, right? Just to have sure. a good experience and to have something you can carry on to, you know, tell yeah. a story down the line. Exactly. Exactly. I love that, though. And, I mean, since we were, like I said, haven't talked since pre-COVID, what were you yeah. doing during that time? Were you trying to stay busy? I mean, I know it hurt a lot of actors, especially in Atlanta. Well, you know, uh, the the... I don't want to go too deep into this and waste a lot of time. Yeah, for sure. Everybody. But my father had, both of my parents are still alive in their 80s. And my father had quadruple bypass surgery in oh, December wow. of 2019. Mm. So he was in rehab when COVID hit. And on March 13th, 14th, 15th, my mother had a tiny little, what they call an ischemic stroke or a mm. TIA stroke. Which right. is a blockage over here. And she ended up in the hospital. Wow. So dad's in rehab. Now mom's in the hospital. The mom goes into rehab and COVID's going bananas. Right. Yeah, well, let's put it this way. We're going bananas. <laughs> exactly. About yeah. COVID. And she ended up. In, so anyway, I got my mom out of rehab on the 27th. My dad out on the 28th, right before they just started shutting everything yeah. down. So they got home. They were safe. That was handled. But... I was completely unemployed. Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't teach acting. Obviously, no acting work was happening right there. And so I kind of ended up being fortunate for me because I now had time to take care of my parents. Yeah. Mostly my mom. My dad was handled. He's married, has a wife, and he was okay. But my mom was solo, and my sister was helping as, all, as well. But I had all this time to help my mom. So it was very serendipitous. And due to the fact that they, you know, changed the unemployment laws, because normally a guy like me can't get unemployment. Right. And so I was able to. So I was able to survive. And so that's how I lived through, you know, the first six months of the COVID pandemic. Yeah. Um, and then once, I, I would say in July of 2020, um, about... 10 of my students or more wanted to come back to acting class. They mm. were willing to take a chance. So I opened it up. We were very strict. You know, everybody sit far and apart. Right. And all that kind of thing. So slowly that came back on board. And then 20, yeah. So I didn't work as an actor. I auditioned for some stuff starting in September of 2020. And I actually, I actually booked a role on, on Stranger Things, but it ended up conflicting with other jobs, so I couldn't do it. And a friend of mine ended up getting the part, so that was fine. It was a tiny part anyway, so I just wanted to be on the show. For sure. <laughs> yeah. And um, so then I didn't work. I mean, I, the acting kept building the, the teaching. It got stronger and stronger, and then everybody settled down. And by the middle of you know 2021, we were back to normal. Yeah. And, and then in 2021, I got really busy. I finally started working again as an actor, so that was good. We can talk about that if you want to. Heck yeah. Of course. That's <laughs> that what was it. I, just, I hung out with my wife and took care of my mom, and that was the, that was the pandemic for me. That's I, beautiful. I read, I read a lot of books. I, I discovered a new acting technique that's from the 1940s that nobody knew about, and I'm teaching it now. But nice. But that, that's about all I did. Yeah. 
I just love how you, it was all you took it all, and you know you made a positive out of it. Like you said, it, it just allowed you time to do what you needed to do with your parents yeah. and spend time and learn a new technique and just. Yeah. I mean, right? You gotta you, you gotta make it what it is, and if you're able to turn it into a positive, then hell yeah, man, good for you. Yeah, it was it was, it was there was a lot of boring time in there too, but <laughs> sure. it, was, it was positive. Yeah, I'm glad that's all done with us. As far as I'm concerned. Oh, so. hell yeah. Oh, most yeah. definitely, man. Most definitely. We also yeah. saw you pop up in Candy as well. I thought that was a great appearance and a very oh, eerie show, man. I I knew nothing about the premise and nothing about <laughs> the story. <laughs> and when I like dive, dove in, I was like, oh my goodness. Like It, it yeah. just kind of took me by surprise. Was that shot in Atlanta <laughs> as well? Uh, yeah, yeah, it was. And actually, that was a movie. It was uh, a TV series, a mini series. Yeah. And we actually shot that in February okay. of this year. And yeah. On the air by May, I think it was. Wow. April, May. Yeah, they did it fast. Yeah, like that. Yeah, that's quick. Yeah. But the people who made it, uh, so Jessica Beale and Michelle Purple, mm-hmm. their, their production company is called Iron Ocean. Mm-hmm. Well, if you go back about six years, I made a, excuse me, I made a movie called... Uh, the Book of Love is what they ended up calling it, and it was produced by Michelle Purple and Jessica Biel. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Starred Jessica Biel, Jason Sudeikis, Maisie Williams. I had a supporting role in it. There, Paul uh, Paul Reiser was in there, too, and some other folks, you know, uh, Orlando Jones was in there. Oh, wow. And nobody's seen this movie much it's it's an okay film <laughs> yeah but i made it you know and, and michelle's husband bill purple directed it mm-hmm. and he does a lot of tv work and, now and so this was kind of a passion project anyway it didn't really go anywhere as far as i know not many people have heard of it but fast forward to well so then november of last year i was down in new orleans working on uh a movie called Emancipation, which we can talk about. It's the Will Smith movie. Yeah, yeah. Damn. And um, <laughs> so it hasn't come out yet. I uh, wonder why. Um, so I auditioned for Candy. Mm-hmm. For the, actually, I auditioned for the role that Bruce McKinnon ended up playing in the show. Bruce was from Rectify. We were friends. Right. We were still friends. And in a hotel room down in New Orleans with my other actor buddies from Emancipation, and nothing came of it. Never heard anything. I'm like, oh well, say lovey, you know. Right. These are people I know. I wish I, I would. Come February, my agent calls and says, "Hey man, uh, the guys from uh, Candy want you to to play the district attorney. Uh, you start Monday." I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, how, is it big part? He goes, uh, I don't know, man. I haven't seen the script. I'm like, well, uh, can I? Yeah, right. <laughs> And then I get the script. I'm like, holy crap, man. This is like a huge part. They just handed me. Yeah. And they were like, oh. And when I talked to, and, and I talked to Jessica, and, and she's like, and, and Michelle, and, um, and and JT, and all these guys. Right. They were like, look, man, we thought you were great in that movie. We enjoyed hanging out with you. And we found out we were in Atlanta. We just wanted to make sure, like, hey, there's this guy named Jason that lives here. Make sure we put him in the, in the TV show somewhere. Yeah. Oh. And that's and I've never had anything like that happen. Yeah, <laughs> and so I was very like, oh, this is you know, no. It was just, <laughs> I feel like there are so many worse things that could be than having Jessica and JT right. going to bat for you, like <laughs> right, right. I mean, I was just like, thank you, you know, because yeah, right. it's funny. 
I went. I went to uh, the film, The Book of Love, premiered at Tribeca back in 2017 or something. 18. I don't know when it was. And I went up there. I spent a bunch of money out of my own pocket. Went to see the premiere, and it was fun. I had a lot of fun. I got my picture made with all those people, and and I had a, I hired a publicist. I did everything right. Um, and then it was weird though because I didn't realize that Tribeca is not Sundance. Tribeca, everybody wears a suit, and I showed up in a t-shirt and a motorcycle jacket. Oh and shit! Like, so, you know, I'm like, oh shit. So anyway, um, so. I'm there, and it's like there's Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde, and there's JT and Jessica Biel, and I'm in the green room with all these people and Maisie Williams and who knew me because I played her uncle, so we knew each other. Right. right. These guys I didn't work with; they weren't even in the same scenes with me. But they, I get, and so they're probably like, who? But I'm like, I will never see these people. <laughs> Ever again, <laughs> this is so cool, and it's like you know. And here you got Jessica Biel and Olivia Wilde. It's like, my God, I thought they were pretty on screen. Good God, right? Yeah, right. I mean, I'm like, I'm trying not to like, you know. <laughs> and, and I'm like, and then the next day they were like, Hey, man, JT comes and goes, Hey, man, uh, I know I was a little bit uh, didn't talk to you last night. I, you're great in the movie, man. And I was like, He didn't even know who I was. Right. All the movies, like, oh, that's the guy. You know, so he couldn't have been nicer. And so we went to the movie again the second night and it was much more casual. And anyway, I'm like, all right, that's it. Nice to have met you all. Never see you again. Bye. You know, and then February of 2022, here we all are again. Yeah, right. Boom. Like, wow. Nice. And then when I left that set, I'm like, I'll never see you all again. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. Just wait. It's exactly. happening. Wait. It's going to happen. Wait. They're going to hear this and they're calling you like That's tomorrow. Right. That's fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah, here they are right now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I love that though. And man, something that I got to tell you, we still refer back to your first interview on the podcast with us. We tell actors that, you know, we had this guest on who he wasn't the right part for this certain role, talking about your role on The Walking Dead. But oh, yeah. the casting director kept his photo and kept his resume and just was waiting for the right part to come up, to come up. Yep. So now we like to talk talk about how it's the the art of selection and not the art of rejection. So, I mean, uh, that is something that's completely perfect. built off of your first interview. And so I just wanted you oh, to know wow. that that's how much of an impact you made on us and our audience to this podcast. So we appreciate you. For sure. Because I think one of the important lessons that we learned from talking to you is that like the audition is the job. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the job you're, you're going to work, you're auditioning and that's the job. Whether you get it or not, you showed up, you did your best. That's your job. You move on to the next gig. And if you look at it that way, and then you realize, like Logan said, it's not rejection, it's selection. And at some point somebody's going to select you, you know, that's how you got to approach it. And, and we learned that from you and we, it was just, you know, and we pass that along to as many people as we can, because that's how you got to do it it you know so uh yeah. kudos man kudos oh well, thanks man yeah i mean it's I, I i tell the same thing to my students it's like you know do the math figure out how much money you made from the jobs you did book and divide that by the number of auditions and now you know how much you're getting paid for every audition right right that's exactly if, right if that'll give you a positive mindset for the audition do that yeah you know? <laughs> whatever it takes 
I love that. Yeah. I mean, that's really epic because I feel like, you know, the more our audience grows, the more they learn about everything because, you know, we've expanded the show to like an industry news segment and talking about the box office and the type of numbers that each film makes every week. And oh, okay. just to hear that insight on, you know, their process on how to get started and how to keep their mental health high because that's something we've been talking about on the show a lot as well, talking about mental health and in an an industry like this, trying to stay positive and keep going. So we didn't talk about that with you the first time. So what is your mental health process when approaching this stuff? You know, uh, that's a that's a very that's a deep question, man. <laughs> we we try we try. You know we've also switched up to the Barbara Walters mode. You know? <laughs> I see, I see. I am an oak tree. Thank you. Um, I don't know. You know, again, look, I'm going to repeat what we've already said that the audition is the job, and you know, people way famouser than me and more important than me have said the same thing. Mm-hmm. Brian Cranston, Michael Keaton, people like that talk about that very same thing. And once you have that mindset, then, you know, you'll be okay. But I think that the, the, the thing that keeps me going and the thing that I try to pass along to my students is it's about process over product. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I, I learned a fancy word for that the other day. Telic versus atelic. Oh, has to do with Aristotle or something. Look it up, okay? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's a fancy way of saying the exact same thing, right? <laughs> you, if you're if you are serious about being an artist, whether it be an actor, a painter, an, a, a guitarist, whatever it might be, you know, and, and I would say sports, an mm. athlete, you're an artist of sorts. Mm-hmm. If you're serious about that, you better love all of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Going to class, doing a play, auditioning, not getting the part. <laughs> right. Getting the part. Right. Working the job, ending the job. I mean, the hardest part, you know, what's, you know, there's all kinds of hard parts. Mm-hmm. Not the hardest part. That's the wrong word. But a thing that people don't think about is when a job is over. Mm-hmm. Especially if you get lucky, like when I, this is my story I always tell. I went and uh, when I did American Made, I'm, and we went to Colombia, South America, Medellin, for, mm-hmm. you know, Medellin, as they say down there, for two weeks. I mean, I got picked up in a limo, flown first class, picked up by a driver. I had a, someone that I could just walk out the hotel and there was a line of cars and I'd just be like, take me here and just, you know. And everything was saying, it wasn't, you know, it was five-star hotels. Everything was perfect. I worked three days. Yeah. If you want to call it work. Right. I was here for two weeks. I was on vacation, basically, and getting paid really well. And then flown back home, and a limo brought me home, and I got out of that limo, and my wife's like, hey, the garbage needs to go out. <laughs> the toilet's running again, and it's just like, yeah. you know, it's over. It's over, and now you're unemployed again. Right. That's it. But you had this high, 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 and then, and so a lot of people, that's, you know, I think that's what movie stars that get all weird, that's that's the hard part, is that you're, you're, you're. Oh, yeah. So you've got to have something going on all the time. Mm-hmm. 
like getting up Monday through Friday, nine to five, going to work for most people. If you're going to be an artist, you got to have a routine. You got to have a process. You got to have the thing that, and you got to like it. And I have students of mine who will remain nameless over the years yes. that don't like the process. Mm -hmm. All they're interested in is the part, the mm. booking, the job, the Instagram, the blah, blah, blah. Right. And they burn out there. They go crazy. They quit. They don't do the homework. They just, they try to do the minimum and they're, and they're miserable people. And it's right. like, this is not going to work out for you. Yeah. How do you try to prevent that for them? Like, how do you try to get them back to, I, you know, again, that's, that's the kind of thing where you can lead the horse to water, but yeah, it's, it, 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 I, I just have to talk about it and tell them. And I say, you know, here's daily exercises that you can do. You should be watching these movies that you've never heard of. And that's the thing about being the age I am. <laughs> Not all of my students are in their twenties, but I have a lot of students in their younger years. And right. I, I referenced a line from young Frankenstein the other day and they were all like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, God. All right, put this on your list. Right, right, right. Being there with Peter Sellers, uh, you know, just, I mean, every week I'm like, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. And, you know, it's like, quit watching Thor for the 15th time. Go right. Watch. <laughs> That's right. It's a lot of fun. I get it. I love the Marvel movies too, but it's like, you need to mix it up. Yeah. Well, thank you for validating my my father dome because and and her mother dome because my daughter who's like young twenties knows Young Frankenstein's one of her favorite movies ah. she loves it well so done. yes yeah well done, sir. <laughs> she can even quote it so like yeah so thank well, you well <laughs> if you watch Young Frankenstein you can quote it exactly sure. exactly <laughs> um, so that's what I mean I just tell them I said you need to just dive into the kool-aid and drown in it and yep. if you don't want to do that figure out something else yeah Good point exactly you, know, you might you might have a career because you got lucky mm -hmm. all of us get lucky that all these things that happen have a lot of luck involved mm-hmm mm -hmm. You know, the old saying, you know, preparedness is when what luck is when preparedness meets opportunity and all that kind of bullshit. But you know what I'm saying? Right, right. You got to be ready. And and if you're not having fun, if you don't enjoy getting ready, find something else to do. That's right. Well, we want to make sure we talk about the short film because we're super pumped about the short film. But you brought oh, it yeah, up I'm and I just want to touch it. on it just a little bit because Please, the opposite side of no, 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 no. The, the opposite side of, you know, the good luck is the bad luck. Sometimes you do everything right and it's oh. just out of your control. Like when you brought up everything. Emancipation. You do everything right. It's a great film. It's got a stellar yeah. cast. Who the fuck knows if it's even going to see the light of day because of a stupid slap? I mean, so... They spent way too much money. They're going to let that movie yeah. come out. <laughs> there you go. But that, movie, that movie's coming out <laughs> somewhere. Yes, yes. But the, the point being is, like, you don't know, right? You, you no. can do everything right. There are still things that can be out of your control that happen that just, that's life, man. And, and you got to oh, roll yeah. with that too, right? Well, I, I'm very much at the philosophy that everything is out of your control except your reaction to the things that happen to you. There you go. Stoic mindset, the, the lack of free will, blah, blah, blah. We, that'll, just, that's a whole five-hour interview. <laughs> right <laughs> there. But, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's another movie I made, The Birth of a Nation. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be Oscar, you know, it's going to be boom, boom, boom. And then the whole Nate Parker bullshit yep. came out of you know, because somebody was after him and just... Yeah. Yep. I didn't do that. Just, <laughs> exactly. 
kind yeah. of like a victim so, of circumstance situation. Well, yeah. I mean, I was lucky to be there. I was happy to be there. I had a lot of fun working on it, and it's a great movie that a lot of people love. But you know, and now Emancipation, same thing. It's like what yeah, the hell? Man, exactly. Every time, I, every time I play a slave owner, something bad happens. I don't. Know. <laughs> oh so, boy, that's hey, another hey, conversation. It's <laughs> what the white guys do in those movies, man. Come on. <laughs> All right, well, let's All talk the, about the current one. Let's talk about the project, okay. the short film. Tell everybody the name of it. it it's called Chipper. Chipper. I know, yeah, I know. And we really wrestled with that name, and we didn't want to use it, and then we did want to use it, but it has to do with one of the main characters. Okay. It's a name. Okay. okay? I know everybody's like, oh, that's your buddy in the wood chipper there? You know, that's, that's <laughs> straight where they go. But it's important to the story. And okay. So when you see it, you'll like, oh, I see why it's called that. Fantastic. So t- t- tell us about it. Like, tell everybody okay. about the project. Well, what, what you got going? It is a 20-minute long short film. So the trouble is, there's very little I can tell you because there's just... <laughs> no, right. It's right. a whole yeah. thing. Anyway. <laughs> um, well, the lo- let's see if I can get the log line. Um, a man receives a letter, a mysterious letter from his father, and he returns home... Uh, because the letter reveals a, a, a long-held dark family secret. Ooh. Something like that. That's yeah. the best I can give you. I mean, if I tell you any more, you might as well not watch it. <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's 20 minutes long. It's a short film, and it's we made it for the festival circuit, which exactly. I just applied to nine festivals in the last week. There yes. you go. We completely understand, because we told you how we're filmmakers ourselves, and actually, yeah. during the pandemic, we shot our first short film, and oh, we were fantastic. able to get that. Thank you. We were able to get that out there and get that on the festival circuit, and uh, it was an cool. amazing experience. Yeah. I want to see it. Well, yeah, man. We'll send you the link. You can watch it for sure. I want to see your movie. What's Hell your yeah. movie called? It's called Deadlines, man. It's called Deadlines. Deadlines. Yeah, it's a pretty intense drama that deals with uh, mental health and suicide and uh, racism. And it's pretty intense, man. But uh, yeah, (laughs) that's a way to jump in for the directorial debut. Yeah, (laughs) 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 but uh, we appreciate that, man. We will definitely send you the link for sure. The best one more. I can give you one more. Please do. Uh, One more nugget is it deals with what I'm dealing with, which is. Aging parents. Mm. That's that's the that's the. I'm not giving anything away there. Yeah. I well, now so. I'm even more curious. Right. Like, yeah. I'm I'm excited. Do we have like an estimate? Like when possibly? Like. Well, um, we've applied. We're applying now to festivals that will be in 2023. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you know, I think. The first one might be March or April. Okay. Okay. We, we were going to be at the Rome, Georgia International Film Festival because my I have some friends that run it and they were nice enough to get us in after the deadline. And then we reconsidered because that would be our international, national, and Georgia premiere. And, we, and I love my buddies at Rome International Film Festival. <laughs> However, it's not Atlanta. It's not... You know, Tribeca. Right. Not, you know, so we're like, guys, we're gonna hold that and just, just in case. Yeah. You know. Slightly larger festival. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Take us in. So yeah, I mean, today, I mean, I can look it up, but I think we applied to San Francisco, Florida, um, South by Southwest. Nice. Uh, we were kind of late on that one, but we got it in. Um, 
what else? What else? What else? Dead Center, which is in Oklahoma. Um, you guys probably know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Running the route, man. <laughs> it's going to cost a lot of money because, you know, it's outside the budget. But, um, yeah, so we, we shot the, the quick the quick down and dirty of the movie. Oh, crap. Sorry about that. Let me turn my email. No, you're Oh, fine. you're good. Um, That's JT and Jessica. I mean. <laughs> hey, there they are. Never. Not in that. <laughs> I did send them a note, but I had to go through their, you know, agent to send it to them. Of course, of course. Anyhow, so in 2016, I wanted to make a short film that featured me mm-hmm. as a as a nice character, right? Not a slave owner or a psychopath in prison or whatever. Right. This is before. Well, I'd shot American Made at that time, but it hadn't come out yet. But, you know, I just wanted to be a lead role uh, who was a nice guy. Right. Or something, a hero. A hero. And so I put it out on Facebook. And uh, my friends, Ruckus and Lane Sky, uh, who I didn't really know that well at the time, we had almost worked on two other projects and they all fell through. And they wrote back and said, hey, we'll write you a script. And I'm like, great. So we met and had coffee. And told them all of my stupid ideas that I don't, I don't even remember now. And they go like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Hey, Jason, uh, <laughs> what scares you? Mm. And I said, oh, uh, my parents getting old. And they're like, we'll get back to you. Nice. Two weeks later, I had a script. Wow, nice. And, yeah, and they're like, here you go. You can have this. You can do whatever you want with it. Unless you start making big changes, you don't need to bother us. Just have fun. So it was written as a showcase for me. Um, It only has uh, a a, a total of five characters. It takes place in one location. It's easy, Mm -hmm. cheap to shoot. For sure. And we shot the whole thing in three days. Um, So I was all fired up about it, and then I lost interest. I got busy with The Walking Dead. All my, my things started happening. I was like, I really don't need this movie anymore. But then, you know, I kept thinking, like, I'd really like to make this movie. I'd really like to. And then when the thing happened with my mom and dad, I'm like, I really need to make this movie. For sure. And so eventually, long story short, I met this guy after many other people almost made this movie for me. A young man named Sean Sean McClain, because I was in a play with him two years ago called uh, The Laramie Project and Our Town. We did it in rep here in Atlanta Mm -hmm. uh, two years ago. And. And we made friends, and then he took my class for a short while, and then he heard, you know, I was trying to get this project made, and he kept, he goes, well, I could, I could make your project. I'm like, well, you can. And so anyway, long story short, he pulled the crew together, I got the cast together, and a friend of mine named Rob Mello mm-hmm. bought us some money, and we made a movie. Nice. We shot it in June, and today, today... September 29th, it's finished. There you go. Fantastic. I got the final product today. Nice. Many, many edits and changes and the sound and music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we know that. And we did it for $20,000. So Nice. Nice. Congratulations, we it, man. We, we did it as a micro budget, so we had to stop at 20. So for thank sure. God. I'm sure we could have spent a lot more. But we <laughs> were right there with you, man. We completely yeah. understand. <laughs> but we're super so, excited about it, though. Thank you. And I, I wish I could tell you more about it. But Yeah, no, we totally. completely understand. But when it I does come out, we have not seen the trailer yet. 
Okay, I will send you the trailer, yes. and you can throw it on here if you want to. And there's For some sure. shots in, from our EPK. I can send you the EPK. Nice. Which, which, by the way, the EPK does have a synopsis in there, so... Uh, okay. You don't want to read it. <laughs> you don't want to read it. <laughs> Keep it nice, uh, uh, nice and tidy, but you know... That's but, up to you. Of course. This movie's so good. All right, <laughs> anyway. It's called Chipper. Uh, the, the working title was Ashes to Ashes, and we just that title just didn't make sense after we made the movie, so we changed it to Chipper. All right. Completely understand. Yeah. Completely understand. Well, listen, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day and coming what? to get crazy with us again. Yeah, I mean, man. Dude, you're man. awesome. Like, well, literally, thanks, anytime, anytime you want to come back on, you know you're more than welcome. Like I said, oh, we have you. multiple segments now for the podcast. So we talk about the industry news. We can talk, you can come on for that. We do a top five segment. You know, every single week it's different. This week it's top five heroines, you know, either fictional characters or real life females who are making an impact in our lives, who we think are inspirational women who we look up to. So, and it just changes, entertainment based. And uh, yeah, man, like I said, anytime, you're always welcome. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Of course. Or hell, we'll just have to take the four-hour drive down and come have a drink with you, shit. Yeah. Come on down. I'm always down for coming to Atlanta, shit. I mean... Well, just quickly tell everybody where they can follow you on social media because you know it's all about social media. Uh, yeah, so on Facebook, it's my name, Jason, J-A-Y-S-O-N, Warner Smith. On uh, Instagram and Twitter, if you're so bold, it's Jason with that Y in it again, Jason W. Smith. And that's about it. All right, man. For yeah. sure. I, I'm it. old. I don't do the TikTok and all that other stuff. <laughs> we it's all understand. good. We'll direct everybody your way. And again, thank you so much for your time. And we can't wait to talk to you again, brother. I'll send you that link to our film, too. Very good. Thank you. All right, buddy. Uh, I don't know. He's literally the working man's actor. Oh, for sure. I, I just He's so chill. Yeah. He just he he knows that hey, this is the gig, this is how it works, this is what it's doing and I I love that though he has an acting course and mm-hmm. that he's teaching people how to do it cuz I just think that's the single best way to pass along the knowledge that he's gained and like, hey guys, if you want to do it, this is how you do it. Oh, so. completely agree. And I mean, with so much going on and him just being able to step back and, you know, focus on his family, I felt like that was very important too, because there are important times in your life that you will never get back. So I think that is also very important while you're chasing the dream. So that was also beautiful to hear. And sometimes it becomes the dream. Look, I mean, the short film's about the aging parents and about, so I mean, sometimes life imitates art and art imitates life and there it is exactly they work hand in hand man hand in hand thank you again jason warner smith for coming on the show all right now it is time for the top five segment man oh man this week i hold it near and dear to my heart specifically because it has definitely been something to keep my mental health on track recently and of course our we're in this space right now so of course it's going to be number one honorable mention we're talking about (laughs) top five podcasts this week guys podcasts have been a very new niche the past i would say five years uh of course that's when we've how long we've been doing it that's right but it's been something that i feel like you know whatever your interests are you can find a podcast in it shit they're making fucking tv shows about people with podcasts now like yeah. only murders in the building like that whole thing is about a podcast so that, there's a lot of different content like that Facts. so i'm really excited to talk about this one for me number five is a new podcast i just found about i would say two months ago ish uh it's called up first it's by npr and it's basically 
basically a nice, concise, bite-sized podcast. And normally the longest episode's only been 15 minutes. And it gives you basically all of the biggest world news the day before. So you can stay up to date with everything that's happening. And it doesn't take that long to get all the biggest stories and get all of these little tiny interview segments. So that's why I really like it. So I can stay informed even when I have that really busy schedule. It's something that I love waking up to. Like I'll go on a morning walk and I'll listen to it. And it just, you know, keeps me going and keeps that conversation flowing and keeps me informed with society that we live in today and the world because there's a lot of shit happening that a lot of people don't know about. So we got to stay informed, guys. So that's why number five for me is up first there you go my number five is the live drop if you guys know anything about me you know i'm huge into history and government and politics and espionage and and the wars and and like everything that's happened in our, in our country and and foreign for all these years well the live drop is exactly about that it's about espionage and 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 spies and and the real world stuff that's gone on in our country's history dealing with those type things it's hosted by one of our former guests mark valley who's a fantastic actor uh, the human target and so many other things. Um, and he's a phenomenal host on this show, the live drop. Um, he too is into all of that stuff, which is why he started this thing. And he has get everybody on get from, from actual spies to generals, to authors who have written about this kind of stuff. It's a really, really interesting podcast. That's very informative about the history of this country and, and how the spy game works. So if you're into that stuff, highly recommend this one, the live drop with Mark Valley. Check it out, man. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. And I love staying motivated. I love being very entrepreneurial. We are not only filmmakers, we are also philanthropists. We are thinking about getting into so many different spaces. It, our name is Crazy Ant Media, but we don't just want to stick to that media space. There's so many different things we're excited to get into into the future. And this podcast really helps me think about the broader scope of my platform and what I have to offer and what other people have to offer me. And I'm talking about the Gary V audio experience. All of you guys know who Gary V is. He's one of those guys who basically is a motivational speaker who likes to say the word fuck. But this guy <laughs> is so much more than that. He and what is very instrumental and very important to me about him is he started when he started like doing this type of stuff in his like late 30s so i mean he was rocking and rolling he right. had a wine business before this and he took his parents wine business and completely took it into the stratosphere and then completely evolved and was able to elevate his own source of income and now having one of the biggest marketing firms in the world so i mean there's a lot of good things to take from him and his podcast now i really like this because his podcast is about different venues and different speeches and different events that he goes and talks to people. And it's kind of like a Q&A session sometimes where he can actually talk to the audience and kind of give them advice on what they're doing with their businesses or what they're doing with their lives and to keep people inspired. And I just love how he doesn't sugarcoat anything. He was like, well, why are you doing this? If your algorithm isn't working, you ne obviously need to try something else. So there's just so many different things. He's kind of like, uh, what's that guy's name? Tony Robbins or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's kind of like him, but more a little bit more aggressive. Um, <laughs> and I, I love it. Sometimes people need that 
you know, this is what you're fucking doing wrong, and this is how I would do it. So that's why I love listening to him. He's very inspiring and uh, helps me keep going. So, yeah, the Gary Vee audio experience. Yeah, that's a good one, man. That's a, a fantastic. My number four is Dak Shepard's Armchair Expert. I uh, really got into this podcast initially because I'm a huge fan of Dak Shepard, and who isn't, right? I mean, he's been on so much incredible stuff, and definitely Parenthood, one of my favorites of all time and everything. But it's a fantastic podcast, and I like it so much because of the realism that Dak shares out of his life. He's not afraid to say, I'm not a perfect human being. I have come from these different situations and these different spots, and I have tried to build my life and redo and restart and do all of these different things. And sometimes I fail. Sometimes, I mean, if you guys don't know, he, he had an addiction problem for quite some time, got clean and sober, was rocking and rolling, fell off. And, and, and had to start all over. And he, you know, it's those type stories. He interviews celebrities and sometimes he, you know, has the wife on. And, and, but I like the podcast. I enjoy the podcast for the realism of a man who's in a position that has a voice and has been successful, but doesn't let that go to his head and says, I'm just a human being. I have flaws. I have problems like everybody else. I'm going to share this all with you. And I think for me, that's extremely inspiring to say, Hey, there's somebody who's got a lot of success and has this great life and a great wife and a great family and he's doing all these things, but he's still just a flawed individual trying to figure it out as he goes through life. And uh, I, I gravitate towards those type shows and towards those type conversations that inspire me because we all have that. We all have shit we're going through in life that we're trying to get through. And to know that other people are out there dealing with the same shit that we're dealing with is fantastic. And that's why I really like his show. Most definitely. And he actually relapsed because he had had a shoulder injury, I believe. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, that was definitely... It's scary because when you're an addict and when you get injured, like, you don't... You you want to be okay and have something to cope with the pain, but also at the same time, you don't want to really like that feeling of, you know, yeah. being in a different place. So it's a very scary situation. And I love how he's so honest about everything like For that. Sure. So it's a, it's a great one. I definitely kept it off my list so you could have it on yours. <laughs> uh, great one. Great one. Uh, number three for me goes to smart list. Now I really love this podcast. It's a new one for me as well. Probably about three or four months ago. This one is Will Arnett, Sean Hayes, and Jason Bateman mm -hmm. interviewing fellow celebrity guests that come on their show. It's more like a just a roundtable conversation, kind of like our podcast is. But of course, they act about or ask about certain stories and different things like that. I really love it though because you know each host books a guest through obviously their publication or their agent or whatever but then they don't tell the other hosts they kind of keep it a surprise <laughs> so it's kind of like they're doing the intros and like whoever is on the outskirts of like knowing who it is they're like are they trying to guess all right no it's this guy no it's this girl it's this 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 is this but yeah i think it's really awesome because it's kind of like that makes it a natural conversation there's really no preparing for an interview so i love that kind of off the cusp and i just love how you know they're all just people it makes it very you know it humanizes them it brings them off that pedestal 
for sure and makes you realize that hey they're just having fun having conversations and that's what it's all about man but yeah smart list check that one out a lot of good conversations on that one yeah i mean absolutely my number three is the ramsey show with host of course dave ramsey if you guys are into finance or just even budgeting home budgeting or trying to figure out how to invest in the stock market anything to do with how to get your shit straight with money this is the show for you uh a friend of mine introduced me to it a long time ago he's written written so many books, Dave Ramsey, and, and so many different things about how to take care of your money and how to do and budget properly and, and get through life. Um, it's a fantastic podcast full of valuable advice that if, because I feel like so many of us out there nowadays struggle with budgets, right? The economy gets tough or you, you have to figure out, do I sacrifice this or this or this or this? And he has a brilliant way of showing you how to budget so you don't have to sacrifice shit. You're able to do everything that you need to do, still have some money for yourself and be able to get it all done. Um, in today's society, with the way everything is, I highly, highly recommend this show for you. The Ramsey Show. Check it out. You'll be happy you did. Trust me. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. Number two for me is probably one of the first actual podcasts I had ever listened to. And this one it comes from my favorite entertainment publication, which is The Hollywood Reporter. So, And it's uh, hosted by Scott Feinberg, who we talk with back and forth on Twitter all the time. Still trying to get him on the show. Scott, come on the show. <laughs> come on, man. Um, and I'm talking talking about awards chatter now it's very much a conversation about projects for actors to come on and talk about their projects and it's very insightful because they talk about their obviously the biggest projects they were attached in and different things like that I actually just listened to one yesterday with uh, Kaylee Cuoco Mm. and they were talking about um her experiences with John Ritter and the family and actually the night of him passing and I guess he actually um they canceled they canceled the shoot that day because he wasn't feeling well right and John basically went to every single actor um set or room and told them goodbye and that he loved them like he knew something was going to happen right and they literally found out at like midnight 12 o'clock in the morning and everybody went to the studio and on set to uh soundstage to like just experience the grief with each other because it was really just a family dynamic and Kaylee talked talked about how she kept like she takes things that she learned from him and still uses it today like for example um meeting fans and meeting people outside of the entertainment industry like you may not remember this moment but they're going to remember this for the rest of their life and that's something that john told her and that's something that she carries with her for the rest of her life so it's insightful things like that that i love this podcast for because they bring out the real stories about the entertainment industry again that bring them off that pedestal that make you realize this is just a job for them and they have the fame they have the fortune but it's what they do with that that is important Mm -hmm. so that is something that is very eye-opening that this podcast gives you so number two for me goes to award chatter with scott feinberg nice i love it all and man it's just so sad to like rethink about that whole situation Mm -hmm. even more tragic the fact that it was misdiagnosed at first and completely preventable yeah that didn't have to die and that's the sad thing about it i mean just mm. 
Yeah, my number two, um, very much along those same lines as to why I love this show so much. I initially jumped on it because I'm a huge fan of Michael Rosenbaum, have been for a long time, did get to meet him once and was fanboying. It was like, you know, what else do you do? But I'm talking about inside of you. But the reason that I, I stuck with this podcast and that I thoroughly enjoy this podcast is because of what you just said. He isn't scared to go deep with his guests. He brings on all of his friends and people that he's worked with and the people that he knows throughout the industry and everything, but they, it isn't your standard. It's very much like ours where we can kind of deep dive into, you know, touchy situations and, and, and things that you don't necessarily feel comfortable talking about. He does that with his guests. The great interview that comes to mind springs right off the top with Stephen Amell when he talked about the pressure of carrying the, the Arrowverse and, and the anxiety that comes along with that and the long work hours and that it wasn't always a pleasant work environment um and the responsibility of having to try to be this the 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 out there hero of it but not necessarily being happy with it you know kind of a thing he gets into these really same thing with tom welling and the stress of smallville and like all these different type things um I love conversational podcasts that aren't scared to go into areas where you don't normally want to talk about. And I think Michael Rosenbaum does an excellent job of bringing that out with his guests and saying, I, if you don't want to talk about this, we don't have to talk about it, but I would like to bring this up. And he gets them to talk about it. And and I think the stories that they share and the conversations that they have that maybe necessarily they don't want to are so beneficial and helpful for other people and listeners that might be going through that or having that stress. Um, and, and at any time I think that you can entertain and inform and help people out just by having the conversation, it's a good thing. And I think that Rosenbaum does a fantastic job on his podcast inside of you with doing that. So my number two inside of you. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. And to lighten everything up because a lot of our stuff has been very, you know, conversational and very deep and all that stuff. But my number one, I just found about two or three months ago. It's when I really jumped hardcore on the uh, podcast bandwagon. But of course, I have to do honorable mentions like Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, don't fucking hate me. I actually do really enjoy that podcast. Obviously, some of it's bullshit, but you know, whatever. But there's a whole bunch of other ones like Armchair Podcast and just uh, Meghan Markle's new podcast is actually really good. Too. Oh, she yeah. did one with uh, Serena Williams that was fucking amazing, For and sure. uh, Paris Hilton and Eliza Schelling Schellinger, and just a couple of other females. Um, and yeah, there's a lot of good podcasts out there. But number one for me is Two Bears in One Cave, and it's by two comedians that just love talking shit. Um, there are two friends, Tom Segura and uh, Bert Kreischer, the Machine, and you guys know they both have fucking huge Netflix specials out all the time. Um, but they just love being together and cause they're truly good friends. Like they're best friends and they can talk about trips. They can talk about their family and they both just make it hilarious. It's just banter back and forth to where you really feel like you're just another person in the room listening to fucking stories. And I love that about this podcast. Cause literally today I had to stop what I was doing and just die laughing for like <laughs> 10 or 15 seconds because I just, I couldn't help myself. 
myself. So there's a lot of good things that come out of it with my mental health journey and try to look at positive things and try to stay on the positive side of life. This podcast has definitely helped me continue to move forward because it's just very funny. It doesn't get deep. It's just very lighthearted. And that's what we need sometimes in society. So that's why number one for me is two bears in one cave. Yeah. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. I was just watching some clips from that earlier that you were showing me. It's fucking hysterical, guys. You need to check it out. My number one is a fantastic, fantastic podcast. And I'm just going to... I wanted to make sure that we gave it a huge shout out. Uh, It was definitely hugely beneficial to us. Uh, we had just kicked off our second year, early in our second year, weren't, hadn't quite found the massive audience that we have now and find our footing yet and everything. And we came across this podcast. And this was my first foray into scripted podcasts, which of course now are huge, right? Everybody's doing scripted podcasts and it's like the thing to do now. But this one was one of the first and was the most popular on iTunes and Apple for a very long time. I'm of course talking about America 2.0. A brilliant, brilliant podcast, scripted podcast by J.S. Mayick um, that was political. It, it, it was about, it was very in the vein of West Wing. Um, it was about a congressman running for president that was going to give everybody money. <laughs> it, it was extremely entertaining, had a phenomenal cast. Patrick J. Adams from Suits, Shinola Hampton, Autumn Reeser, just Jack Coleman, just Spencer Garrett, just so many people. Um, they found us. We kind of found them. And um, throughout that whole series of months there, they were just unbelievable with their support of our show and promoting our show. And in turn, us doing the same for them and putting the word out there. We had uh, numerous members from the cast, including the creator, JS himself, and Spencer, uh, come on the show and interview them and talk about the podcast and their careers and all that kind of stuff. And it was just so massively beneficial for our podcast, helping us get off to the next level where we were trying to go. And um, and they were kind and generous and invited us out to the red carpet event for their podcast. One of our very first things as a Crazy Ant Media to be involved in on the red carpet and get out there and everything. Um, so yeah, my, my number one podcast, just eternally grateful for all those guys involved with America 2.0, Jeremy Gore who cast it and everything for um helping us elevate our game uh coming on the show and sharing your game with us and then just like you know well, well it was a, it was a love fest a podcast love fest back and forth yeah for like it was the like longest podcast time. love podcast, podcast bff yeah and like, i remember how we found out about it because everybody knows if you listen to this podcast at all He's a big fan of Autumn Reese, their friends, all this good stuff. And she had a mug that said, vote for Seth. This man went down a rabbit hole about who the fuck is Seth? Because I'm a political junkie, exactly. too. I thought it was somebody that she was legitimately voting for. Yeah. I didn't know. I was like, is this a guy in California that you're voting for? Should I know and there about was him? Like, there were so many other people that who we follow that were posting stuff with, like, vote for Seth. And we just, like, could not figure it out for, like, I feel like three or four hours straight yeah, until yeah. we, like, finally did. And we're like, oh, <laughs> Okay, okay. But yeah, I that was a that's a oh, funny and it's right above him. Look, guys, yeah, right, if you see the right vote here. vote for Seth cup right there. Right here. I ordered the cup. Right. I'm like, I'm gonna vote for Seth. It's Patrick J. Adams. Exactly. Of course I'm voting for Seth. So funny, man. But yeah, that those are some good memories. Oh, good memories. Definitely. Man. But what is your favorite podcast? We wanna know. We know it's inside the Crazy Ant Farm, but be sure to comment below and let us know that it's inside the Crazy Ant Farm or another one that we're not listening to because Personally, myself, I love trying out new podcasts, so please 
please be sure to check it out. Yeah. I need to get you on the Wolverine scripted podcast. I'm uh, yeah, surprised you haven't yeah. listened to that I know. <laughs> um, but a lot of good things out there. So please let us know. Comment below and all the good stuff. We love the fan interaction. Hell yeah. And of course, now we're heading over to the box office recap. Like we talked about in the industry news segment, Black Adam was number one at the box office with $67 million. And number two was Ticket to Paradise with $16.5 million. Number three was Smile with $8.5 million. Halloween Ends was at number four with $8 million. And Lyle Lyle Crocodile went number five with $4.2 million. It's impressive for Holiday Ends. I mean, uh, Halloween Ends because it's also streaming on Peacock for free. So the fact that it's still getting millions of dollars at the box office is impressive. Agreed, man. Agreed. New movies that are coming out this weekend. uh, Armageddon Time. Call Jane. Pretty for the Devil. Till the Liar and, uh, the, of course, it's Pray for the Devil. That's yeah, what it was. Pray for the Devil. Nah, yeah, <laughs> not Pray for the Devil. Uh, but movies you can still go see right now. The Woman King, Terrifier 2, Don't Worry Darling, Amsterdam, Triangle of Sadness. So uh, be sure to check all of those out. And be sure to head over to the IMDb Pro to start rocking all of the things that IMDb has the offer. There yes. is an IMDb Pro free version now, guys. So yes. be sure to check that out. And be sure to sign up for IMDb Pro because it is worth it. All the tools are definitely worth it. I mean, it. yeah. If you guys are actors or actresses or anybody trying to be serious in this industry, there's no excuse now. You have to have IMDb Pro. If you don't, you don't exist. And now that it's free, they have a free version of it? Yeah. No excuses, guys. Yeah. Come on, get Get on that exactly the top trending movie this week of course is black adam the top trending show of course is house of the dragon with the season <laughs> finale coming out man oh man a lot of good things happening i'm so super excited for season two yes and of course with the house of the dragon being the top trending show top trending star is emma drc as the top trending star so many good things makes total if sense you guys haven't checked it out yet please do so much good things happening but, guys, we have to thank our guest one more time, Jason Warner-Smith, for coming on the show and getting a little crazy with us once again. Be sure to follow him on social media. He's on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. We got to thank everyone out there for listening and just getting crazy with us every single week. Be sure to follow us on social media at Crazy Ant Media and at ItCat Podcast for the podcast. And, of course, personally, myself at JLo Fantastic and at Crazy Ant Guy 1970. And you guys know you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and so much more. If you're watching this video on YouTube, thank you so much for getting a little crazy with us. We really appreciate you. And be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and ring the bell for all the latest and greatest notifications coming out of Crazy Ant Media. Yes. And be sure to visit our website www.crazyantmedia.com where you start rocking the latest and greatest crazy ant media gear we got something for everybody guys we do even your dog even your freaking dog no, it's facts exactly uh before we get out of here though we do want to say take a moment to if you're watching this live it's today if you're watching this past tense it was the 29th we want to give a huge shout out to podcast producer and friend jason kachabata whose birthday is today happy yeah. birthday my friend uh congratulations for getting this far <laughs> i feel like every year we keep getting there we're good do it bro happy birthday man hope you're enjoying the day hope you have a good one kicking ass doing the producing of the podcast man we appreciate you uh enjoy your day buddy for sure man for sure there's a lot of good stuff happening in hollywood and there was so much good stuff to talk about of course we were going to be super excited to watch black adam right after yeah. this and so much other stuff 
Well, you guys know we love the superhero news. There's so much good stuff. <laughs> we did have some YouTube comments that I would like to address now. This guy was obviously not a fan of Black Adam. Uh, um, like, my God, some people really want to lie about Black Adam in the box office. He's expecting a drop-off of 63%. I feel like you just didn't like the film, bro. I mean, Well, and, and first of all, it's not lie about the box office. We didn't say it wasn't going to be a significant drop-off. If he's 67 million yeah. to 32 million or or below 28 million that's, that's, that's a 60 percent drop off bro maybe someone doesn't like math yeah, i'm just <laughs> yeah and I, and, we didn't deny the drop off bro like yeah, and not not paying attention not paying attention <laughs> and he thinks personally uh warner brothers is disappointed in black adam so whatever bro you can think what you want to think but facts are facts this is what's happening they're moving forward with the fucking snyderverse i don't know what to tell you but we appreciate your view yes, and exactly. if you want to discuss it come on yeah Exactly. All the good things. All the good things. But man, oh man, thank you guys for getting crazy with us on episode 110 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. And you guys, you know, we love the one, the only, Oprah!